Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, we got to start with it. It was the biggest news on the podcast. You finally got some snow. We got some snow, like snow, snow. We got around my house, my area, it was like a little over four inches of snow. Pretty legit. Got to come into work late that day. It was great. It was... It was amazing. I just love it. It's all gone now, obviously, because that's how Oklahoma works. But it was great. There's pictures on our Twitter. The dog loved the snow, especially. Clyde was all about it. Yeah, if you guys uh, missed out any of the excitement, you can head over to our Twitter page, at Weather Podcast. Um, but, Bonnie, I was surprised that you went into work. You sent me a photo. You're like, oh, I'm staying outside of my office. I'm like, wait, what? You- yeah. We still went. They all... I mean, they care about the employees, and that's what they were like. Okay, they opened at 9.30 instead of 8 that morning, and so that just made sure that we weren't driving to work in traffic and had extra time to get there and everything. And we got paid for that, which is nice. Ooh, that is nice. Yeah, so there's that. But, I mean, realistically, they can't just shut down for a whole day. (laughs) Well, they can, (laughs) but they won't. Right. I mean, they can, but it would really set business back and whatever and so it makes sense it's also annoying but it's really hard when like everyone around you's like oh i don't have school i don't have school blah 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 and i'm like oh i get to go into work an hour and a half late right it's like (laughs) hey i have kids or i don't have kids so they stay home and you know i don't have time to find a sitter so so i get to stay home yeah Yeah. it's, it's bring the rugrats to work or stay home with them yep but Despite that, it was still really good. But I'll tell you, like, it's crazy because the roads were clear by the end of the day. Yeah, that is very weird. Well, and I think the thing is the sun does come up, even though it was still cloudy and snowy. Some of those rays get through, which do start to melt a little bit of that snow, just a little. And then just people driving and things like that. And and the roads ended up being clear and just kind of wet. They were a little bit dicey in the later evening because they could have been icy in some spots. But literally by Friday, there was no snow anywhere. It's like it didn't even happen. And today we're like in the 60s. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. That's Oklahoma life. Right. And you hear the adage and everybody says, if you don't like the weather in X location, wait five minutes, it will change. Um, it's really true. Yeah, it's very true, especially in Oregon. Very true, especially in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And the cold front that came through and dumped snow to you was the initial catalyst for what we saw happen late Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. and into Friday. Um, we talked about the possibility of some severe weather in the south, and lo and behold, Bonnie, that cold front came through and kicked it off, and voila, the south got hammered again with early season severe weather. Yes, and I, it was pretty good. Like I have a lot of like Alabama and different things that I follow on Twitter. And so there was a lot of tornado warnings, a lot of flooding um, late in the night too. Like yes. it was late in the night and that's when it's really scary because a lot of people are sleeping and stuff like that. And so I, I'm just shocked how much severe weather they're getting. And it seems like it's weekly and coming up this Wednesday again, they have the same type of scenario set up and it looks like they're already 
possibly in an enhanced risk along that area. So it's just crazy how early that they're getting this and how regularly it's happening right now. No, it's, it's very true. And you go through and you look at it um, and I'd have to go back and I want to find the sourcing on it, but I believe that there is like an official study. I want to say SPC did it where Dixie alley and the South are more prone to late night and overnight storms than say like in Oklahoma or the traditional tornado alley where it's late afternoon, early evening is mm-hmm. the majority of your guys' storms. And so that that danger alone, you know, makes that risk go way through the roof. And again, that's why we harp on people. Have a weather radio, mm-hmm. you know, watch TV or listen to broadcast radio so you know if something's happening that, you know, something's coming. But man, right. it's just... Well, it's, and turn your, your phone notifications on yep. and turn your phone on when you go to yep. sleep because those weather notifications are annoying. Right. They are loud and obnoxious. And so if you're sleeping and you have your phone volume on, it'll vibrate and it'll make the like annoying rant rant sound and you will you'll, wake up. So. Yeah, you'll hopefully wake up. Um, I've had that happen twice. One time. Right after the system was initiated where, you know, cell phones got those, you know, mm-hmm. certain warnings, there was a blizzard warning issued for Mount Hood. Okay. Tallest mm-hmm. Peak in Oregon, you know, 60 miles to my east. The blizzard warning is not going to affect anybody below, say, 5,000 feet. However, right. everybody got it. Yeah. So people are like, you know, taking screenshots, sending me texts and calling me like, hey, you know, are we really in for a blizzard warning? I'm like, it's 55 and sunny outside, y'all. <laughs> Like, no, no. <laughs> like this is from Mount hood. I understand that this is the, you know, what's supposed to happen, but we weren't all supposed to get this. Yeah. And I remember that when the phones first started having the weather yep. notifications, it would tell everybody if something was happening and they really had to work on fine tuning it yep. and, and really not freaking people out. Yep. And the second one was the tornado that I called in. Uh, oh. This last summer where everybody, you know, at the baseball park is on their phones getting the notification. Oh, there's a tornado warning. I was like, uh, Bobby, I'm like, it's just to our north. It's moving to the east. We're fine. We're just on the edge of the polygon. It's okay. We're going to be, yeah, we're going to be just fine. So, um, yeah, those work really, really well, but you got to have your phone on. I'm knocking out yeah. wood on my desk. Uh, you gotta, you know, <clears throat> be paying attention, but I, I honestly, for 30 bucks, you can go buy a weather radio. It's the best investment you can have. You plug it in, you set it, and you forget it. It's like Ron Popeil and the uh, the one cooking thing that we see, you know, at 2.30 in the morning on infomercials. Yeah. <laughs> you set it and forget it. <laughs> I forgot about that thing. Yeah. But it's still there. He's still making a million dollars off of it, so. Man, we need to do something like that. And yes, make we some do. some sort of something. Yeah. Like a slap chop or something. Like, oh why didn't gosh. we think of that? Dude, by the way, speaking of slap chop, I saw one of those the other day in the dollar store. I almost bought it. You should have and just, just started slapping your vegetables and right? just seeing how well it worked. Because, you know, putting a serrated blade, you know, on something that you can push down on is really a great idea. Thankfully, they have hey. the plastic guard. I was going to say, yeah, it's got that surrounding thing. So, like, you can't accidentally get your fingers up in there and right. slap your fingers off. So, it's fine. <laughs> I, I have a couple of rational fears. One of them are, are, like, having my fingers run over or, like, having fingers cut. So, yes, I am glad they have the plastic guard on the slap chop. 
Yeah, it's for people like you who can't trust themselves around sharp objects. <laughs> yeah, more or less. More or less. Which is funny because I like to cook and, you know, cut things. But, yeah, I'm always very weary of that. Well, that's good. That's good, though. Like, you should always be hyper aware when you're right? using sharp objects. So good job. By the way, if you go to Chipotle, you guys have Chipotle in Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. You go to Chipotle. Next time you're there, watch them when they are cutting the steak and the chicken that's just coming off the grill. They literally put on a chain mail like glove and then put a plastic glove on over top of it. Wow. Yeah. That's what they I'm talking about. They must have had a lot of like workers exactly. comp stuff yeah, exactly. going on. <laughs> I'm like, which one of you cut your hand that this is you know the reason why you have to do this now? But apparently right. it's uh, it's company wide. So I can just imagine like some sort of like gauntlet that they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's the night funny. it's the nights of chipotle <laughs> yeah that's good yes i it like is. that we should make a tv show oh my gosh that would be fantastic okay well we've completely gone off the rails and we're only you know eight minutes into the show but hey right it's we're squared. just plugging slap chops you know that's what we're doing at chipotle come on <laughs> we will gladly take 100 shares of both Right, exactly. Put that in our We're not asking account. much. No. So severe weather in the south, and then that transitioned up the east coast, up the eastern mm-hmm. seaboard. And Bonnie, we even had a rare outbreak of severe weather in the northeast, which, you know, is pretty rare. You know? Right, like we, Virginia, right? Yep, outbreaks in Maryland and Virginia. Um, the National Weather Service, I'm pulling up the article right now. Uh, the Weather Channel and Jim Cantoria tweeted about this, uh, along with a bunch of other people, because they were saying how like completely unprecedented this was. Um, four tornadoes had struck in Maryland during the month of February since 1950, but five touched down alone on Friday. So wow. National Weather Service says the outbreak of tornadoes across Maryland and Virginia was unprecedented. Six twisters total striking in one hour amid severe storms. Such an outbreak is unusual, especially at this time of year, although they are becoming a bit more frequent, says Storm Team 4 meteorologist Lauren Ricketts. Wow. So, yeah. That's it was, crazy. Yeah, and they were just saying, you know, between uh, Leesburg, Dickerson, Boyd's, Monrovia, and Westminster, uh, all around the Washington, D.C. area, up toward Baltimore, uh, saw tornadoes. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, one of those rare things that happen. Um the strongest was an EF1. There were three of them. The ones in Dickerson, Monrovia, and West Manchester were rated as an EF1. The two tornadoes um, in Boyd's and Leesburg came back as EF0s. But, um, yeah, and some of these were long track, like 3.3 miles, a uh, mile in length, which is not that long, 2.3 miles, 6.5 miles, wow. uh, 10.3 miles with damage intermittent, mm-hmm. the one that went through Carroll County. Um so, yeah, Westminster was, uh, you know, long track tornadoes that uh, are pretty rare. But, man. How many tornado touchdowns constitute an outbreak? Because five is a lot. <clears throat> but I'm just comparing that to our outbreaks that we have. And ours are 20, 30 yeah, you know. at a time when we have an outbreak. So I just wonder what the number is. That constitutes the term outbreak. Well, let's pull up in the uh, tornado outbreak definition. And depending on what you go. Um, 
A tornado, according to uh, Cyclopedia Britannica, which, by the way, speaking of infomercials, how many of you remember the Encyclopedia Britannica infomercials and magazine clippings growing up? I'm currently raising my hand, and I'm sure a lot of other po- uh, podcast listeners are as well. These things used to be the shit, right? <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica was where you went for all of the knowledge. And this was before the internet really became popular. But back in the so day. weren't those expensive? Yes, they were. Like several hundreds of dollars. But I know people that had them. And it was cool to go through and look. So, according to Britannica.com slash science slash tornado outbreak, the definition of a tornado outbreak is as follows. A tornado outbreak is the occurrence of several tornadoes over a region, usually due to thunderstorm embedded with the same synoptic scale weather system. Outbreaks are classified according to the number of tornadoes reported. A small outbreak is 6 to 9. A medium is 10 to 19. And... I'm having to click around because that's what we do now. If you want to read the free article, contribute $5. Sorry. (laughs) That's not what I... No. See, they don't give you the actual information that you want. So is five a mini outbreak? So I think six to nine is considered uh, officially a small. So then what would five be? Because that's outside of that window. Uh, It is five, but remember there were six total that touched down in Maryland, one in Virginia. Oh, okay. So, so they're okay. Ca- they're counting that, um, and I believe, yeah. See, they don't even continue the uh, the link. It says here, read more, but but you can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. So okay, let me look. I'll, I'll click on this and just see tornado outbreak. See if that takes me to the right link. Step back. So they had a small outbreak, and yes. so just from that storm system. Mm, okay. Well, I'm glad that you looked that up because, you know, right. people just throw those words around. So I just wondered what the, the official count was. So yeah. that's impressive, though, especially for February and for that area to have an outbreak of any size. Yeah. Well, there's a good Twitter fact. And, of course, I don't have a piece of paper to write that down. And I just spilled everything that was on my desk. That's lovely. <laughs> pick that up later um so yeah i'm gonna have to bookmark that i'll just keep the web page open but yeah so uh you know according to encyclopedia britannica uh six to nine is considered a small and then 10 to was it 19 mm-hmm. um and so yeah. then 20 plus is probably just like a large or a major outbreak yeah yes i believe so um well now my computer's doing fun little like loops that's cool and that's what we get. We get the mediums and we get the the big ones too. Like right. we will have where, you know, 20, 25, 24 will like touch down in a single event across the state. And I wouldn't say that's common, but it does, it has happened multiple times. So. Right. And clicking back around um, now that my computer has reloaded itself, which is good, thankfully, um, just came across this paper from SPC proposals for modernizing the definitions of tornado and severe thunderstorm outbreaks. Um, I do not know when this was published. I need to go through and look. Um, so bear with me as I do this. Uh, I don't know when this paper was published, but uh, it was written by a gentleman named Edwards. So uh, put together from the SPC in Norman. 
uh, along with the co- uh, Cooperative Institute for Mesoscale Meteorological Studies in Norman. That sounds like a cool place to work. Sims? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Sims. C-I-M-M-S. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Tornado outbreak criteria. Nature of the weights, bottom tornado, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's tornado outbreaks from this was published in probably the mid 2000s what I'm guessing because the dates on here only go up to like 2002 Mm. but I'm seeing if they have like an actual like breakdown yeah I'd have to read through go through and do this again it's talking about stuff in the 50s and 60s up into the mid 70s wow so, but hey, fascinating paper. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so let's just stick with what we know. 6 to 10 is a small outbreak, and then 10 to 19 is a medium size, and then after that, uh, we'll go major outbreak. Yeah, which sounds right. Yeah. So, but that's impressive, like we said, for that to happen in Virginia and Maryland around this time. So, yes. dang. It is, and you know, like they said, uh, a lot of damage, long track tornadoes, so not necessarily the most rare thing up the mid-Atlantic seaboard, that is for sure. But with that storm, once it moved through, Bonnie, we had that rush of cold air coming behind it, and like mm-hmm. we said, Oklahoma City got snow, uh, snow down into Dallas and Fort Worth, and then it, you know, steadily made its way across the country. I know Nashville flirted with it for a while, but we all woke up, you know, Saturday morning to... Oh my gosh, the Weather Channel in semi-panic mode, it's snowing in Atlanta. Yes, I saw that too, I was just about to say. And they were in a little winter weather advisory when they just had severe yep. weather a few days ago. Like They're they're just trying to be like us in Oklahoma. Yes, like. they are. Uh, <laughs> and apparently downtown Atlanta maybe had gotten out of it, but northern parts of Atlanta were hammered and got several inches of snow and incredibly rare for... You know, snow to fall that far in the south. But, you know, when you look at it, Atlanta's, you know, Atlanta's definitely in the south, right? But they're on the more northern portions of it. So you still get cold fronts come through. And, you know, they're very much like you guys where it's either ice or snow. And that defining line is pretty, you know, razor thin. Mm-hmm. So for downtown Atlanta to be, you know, the airport, I'll, I'll, let's say, so south Atlanta, you know, was that 37 degrees with cold rain and yet it's say 33 or 32 in you know the northern suburbs and they're getting you know three to four inches of snow pretty rare so that is crazy and like you said texas got it too and so very far southern states got snow and texas i think got 12 plus inches in some places right which is nuts it is nuts and you know um i know you and i had tweeted about it on our twitter page at weather podcast all the cool satellite imagery that we saw yes. from the uh, the snowfall and the clouds and everything that was left behind, but man, it was pretty intense. It was. It, it really was. Cool. was. Yep. And I'm really glad that you got some snow because I know that you guys deserve it. So uh, it was great, and I I did retweet some interesting um, satellite yep. gifs of the snow melting quickly, and so those are pretty interesting to see that and see it all on the snow, and then just see see it all on the ground. I mean, and then see how quickly it just disappeared right uh it's interesting that storm you know to wrap up we were talking about there up um, along the mid-atlantic what we looked at on you know friday when these storms were moving through um 
was really a bombing out of that low pressure system that moved through. Mm-hmm. Um, we retweeted it from Rob Marciano from ABC News. Um, he was saying at the time when we retweeted this, another seven millibar drop in the last six hours. So wow. high impact storm now bombing out. Winds are cranking up in the northeast. And we saw that. I mean, huge winds up along, you know, New York City up toward Boston. Just impressive totals. But again, a lot of that moisture coming through. And man, you know, a little bit of uh, instability, a little bit of, uh, you know, multi-level rotation and poof, put down a tornado and long track. We see it. So that was fun to look at um, out here on the West Coast. It was cool. We had a cold front coming in off the Pacific Ocean. You know, really nothing too special with it. Um, I would just say ho-hum for a winter storm. But it was great to see it on two different radars. Um, I took some screenshots out here. Uh, very thin line of actual like intense precip which was the actual cold front so it was really cool to see that come off the coast and then it enhanced right over the portland metro area we went from dead calm to like 35 mile an hour winds with heavy rains and it lasted for about eight minutes and then it went back dead calm (laughs) so that was the line the cold front line coming through and then nothing (laughs) and then nothing and then you know spotty showers picked up behind it but uh you know we see that occasionally where you get a cold front come through, and it's a very thin line, uh, usually no more than about 10 miles wide, and it just moves through quickly, and it's done. Yeah, and then other times, cold fronts just are like, it's messy, and it's storms and stuff on both sides, and it's everywhere, and it's just weird how some fronts yep. are just so clean and sharp and pristine like that, and then others are just like blobby and messy. and right causing a ruckus right and then you know the next day we like we talked about uh you know virginia and maryland got the tornadoes the following day they had snow up in, up in portions of south carolina and north carolina up the east coast seaboard um winter couldn't really make up its mind no no it couldn't and i know that um colorado got some serious winter yes they did uh, the co- past few days a couple of friends of mine who work in radio out in denver like wow it's really pretty it's still snowing you know here's four inches of snow here's eight inches of snow oh cool there's two feet of snow right right and i saw some crazy videos of just how it was like whiteout conditions just wind and heavy snow and you couldn't see anything and i was like man and we were flipping out about our like four to six inches with no wind right here on wednesday it kind of made our snow seem puny <laughs> right well you know we look at snowfall we look at heavy rainfall, right, up and, you know, up and down. Basically, the eastern two-thirds of the U.S. were impacted by several, you know, quick little impulses, winter storms moving through. Out here in the northwest, uh, it went highly under the radar for the first couple of days, but we had some pretty severe flooding in uh, western Washington State between Seattle and uh, Olympia and then other portions north of Seattle. And then really bad flooding in northeast Oregon and eastern Washington, where uh, out in Pendleton, which is a community about 180 miles to my east, lots of roads washed out, lots of roads covered in water. And it was one of those things where quick impacting systems drop a lot of rain very quickly, flash flood scenarios where they have to evacuate 200 homes in the matter of minutes. Wow. And we're hearing stories of guys that are like, I'm out in my lawn trying to put sandbags around, you know, the doors 
And I literally turn around two minutes later and the water has gone from my ankle to my knee. Wow. And over that like, is so scary. It is. And it's over like a very, you know, uh, like a lot of land, not just like, you know, kind of like confined to a valley, but, you know, f- uh, flat farmland. And, you know, eastern Oregon is very dry, some rolling hills. But um, we put a bunch of videos and pictures up on our on our Twitter page to see this. But, you know, Umatilla County had to issue evacuation notices for many for many areas, uh, uh, I-84, which is a major thoroughfare for commerce, uh, coming from Portland, a lot of traffic from Seattle and Portland used the uh, I-84 through the gorge um, to head stuff east. It connects to I-80, and then it connects out to the rest of the country, but um, completely overrun with flood water. They're having to go through and make sure that it didn't wash out portions of roads. There are tons of other roads that were washed out. And um, starting to see a little bit of media backlash from, from some friends of mine asking why the Weather Channel wasn't in coverage or why they weren't particularly paying attention to, you know, a neighborhood flooding. And, you know, it's a pretty valid question. But at the same time, I also know that you have to, you know, appeal to your biggest demographic. And if you're getting snow in the south, I think that's probably a bigger story than maybe flooding in the northwest. Yeah, and I mean, it's it sucks sometimes that, yeah, they have does. to pick and choose between those things. Yep. But I mean, you're right. Like it's there's only so much coverage for such a large country. And if things are happening everywhere, it's like you said, you kind of have to make the call on which one right. to cover more of. So it's definitely not a any one area is more important than another. It was just the manpower and to to post and broadcast multiple events. It's just it's hard to do that. Right. It's, it's very true. And. You know, that's why you rely on your local TV stations and your local weather stations for that. Um, yeah. Or TV and radio and weather stations as well. But uh, they're the ones that are hyper-focused on local. They're the ones that are going to tell you, you know, what's happening locally. If you're having right. to rely on the Weather Channel for all of your information, you know, they're a great source. And don't get us wrong. We love them and we watch them religiously. But, you know, local first, guys. Yeah. Definitely. And all of your local stations for sure have a Facebook and a Twitter and everything. And those, that's what I check first. I don't even turn my TV on anymore unless it's like wall to wall coverage type of thing. But I just go to my Twitter and most of your local stations also have their own app. And sometimes they have their own separate weather app as well. So, you know, definitely there's ways to get that information without relying on a source that is really a nationwide coverage type exactly. of thing, like the Weather Channel. Exactly. They're based in Atlanta, Georgia. If those, if anybody did not know that, there you go. There's, you know, that's that's pretty much well known. But some people still, you know, like, oh, the Weather Channel. Where are they based? New York, L.A. No, they're based in Atlanta. Random place to have it, but that's where they're based. I think so. that's good, though. I think it's no, good to too. not be in that typical I place. I do too, because then you know you would be hyper local. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the Weather Channel going wall to wall for a New York City blizzard? Oh. Like, I mean, like a real New York City blizzard. And they do. And don't get me wrong, they do. But, I mean, it would. Everybody would be. Hey, let's just move the set outside. Hey, <laughs> we're in New York City. Yeah, live from or Park. people wouldn't even be able to get into work or something, you right. know, because sure. of it. And then they'd be like, "Oh, we have the cameraman." you know, on air because no one could make it into work, you know, like, <laughs> and listen, I've, I've been in situations where we've had to use people like that. 
Dang. But most of, uh, I, will, I will say this, everybody that I've ever worked with in radio and TV are absolute professionals and they have done a great yeah. job. But I do love occasionally like, oh, let's talk to photojournalist XYZ. Yeah. yeah we just and I mean, luckily yeah. they've watched it enough so they kind of know yeah. what to do. But still, it's kind of like, okay, everybody's on the edge of their seat hoping right. this person doesn't like cuss or something in the right. middle of all this. Yeah, and usually <laughs> usually it's what we call a scene setter. Tell us what's happening. Oh, I'm out yeah. here on the overpass and uh, look, there's a snowplow and it's still snowing and we've got eight inches of snow on the ground. It's real slippery. Uh, it took me an hour to drive here. Yada, yada, yeah. So, been there, done <laughs> that. Said, oh, there's a snowplow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, snowplows make for great visuals on TV. I know, it's true, because they're like all big, and when you right. see the snow whooshing off of them and stuff, it's just very theatrical and dramatic. Ex- exactly, exactly. Uh, by the way, speaking of dramatic and theatrical, uh, this morning, we're taping this on Sunday afternoon, this morning in the state of California, they could be possibly looking at a new record wind speed gust. If this verifies, now we'll get into that process in just a second. But the National Weather Service, Reno, Nevada, uh, sent out this tweet, and I want to say it's uh, actual. I want to say Sacramento is the office that actually oversees this, but uh, Reno was one that shared it. And uh, Sacramento's a little busy today. They have high wind warnings up pretty much across their entire county warning area, so they're a little busy. So um, as of 7.45 a.m. Pacific time this morning, the Kirkwood Mountain Station, which is at, I believe, 9,000, over 9,000 feet high, had a wind gust of 209 miles an hour. Wow. Which, if it verifies, would be a new California state record. Now, according to the National Weather Service Reno office, it could take several months to complete. I don't know why that is. I'm going to have to ask my friends that work at the National Weather Service why it takes so long to verify. But if that's correct, 209 miles an hour, we could be looking at a new California state record wind gust speed. That is a crazy wind gust. But I think even crazier to me is how long it takes to verify that. Like right. two months, really? Yeah, and several months to complete. Now, the station that they're talking about, Kirkwood Mountain, I believe it's on a ski lift, just based on the photo I'm looking here. I've, I have not seen it. But it says it's on Chair 6 Ridge, which means I'm, probably it's a ski resort. But at 7.30 this morning, right before they had this gust of 209 miles an hour, the sustained wind bonding was 161 miles an hour, gusting to 196. Jeez. Let me say that again. Sustained 161. <laughs> That's a Cat 5 hurricane. Yeah. And this means sustained, which means continually blowing continually. at this speed. Yes. And gusting to 196. Jeez. And it, Jeez. it is literally ramped up, you know, in the span of just a few hours today. Um, at 530 this morning, sustained winds were at 84 gusting to 103 so from 5 30 to 7 30 in two hours they doubled their wind speed and gusting again almost doubled wow Which that I, is crazy yeah the amount of potential energy not doubled but i mean it's probably it's it's way way up there and the multi i'd have to go find out the you know the chart where you look at it and it's not double triple quadrupled but it's like the multiple rein, you know what i'm talking about anyways yeah yeah um Man, that's just, that's a lot of energy, and that's a lot of air moving, and 
man, 209 miles an hour gusting. I've been in winds gusting up to like 90. There's no way in the world I would be able to compare that to 209. Yeah, no, that is that is any tiny bit of dust now becomes a weapon that will like blow your eye out. And oh, absolutely. It's just that's a crazy wind that you cannot be in. You cannot drive in like that's craziness. I can't with that. So wind winds are out blowing in California. Winds are blowing. And uh, man, that's just that really is truly impressive to me. So, yes, very I will I will take that all day long. That's that's some cool mm-hmm. weather right there. But all right, yeah. what do you guys have coming up weather wise in Oklahoma City? Uh, well, today, like I said, mild right now. Um, in the sixties, pretty humid outside. Chance of severe weather far down south along the Red River. Um, we'll get rain here in the central part of Oklahoma, but no storm chances, which is really annoying. But whatever. And through the week, forties, mid forties through the week. Rain chances pretty much all week, better rain chances in the middle of the week. Um, then it clears up, 50s by Friday and through the weekend, a little bit of clouds. So kind of a little more of an interesting week because we got all those rain chances, and I do like when it's all rainy and stormy. So that's where we're at. That's good. Out here in Portland, uh, we're actually kind of the opposite. We're going to be uh, burning some low clouds off the rest of the afternoon. Temperatures are going to be up into the mid-40s, maybe even topping out 50 as we get through Tuesday and into Wednesday. Um, but just sunny areas of patchy fog, uh, mostly clear for a while. And then once we kind of transition back into a showery pattern Thursday, but, um, actually kind of nice for the next couple of days. So we are actually looking pretty happy. No chance of snow in the low valleys. I know a lot of people are annoyed with that. I am, but oh, well, we'll take what we can get. And, uh, yeah, if we're going to get some sunshine, bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Get you that sun. Um, like I said, just rain for us. And I bet we don't have any more snow the rest of this whole season. I bet that Wednesday was our main snow event, and I bet we're just done. All right. Well, I'm spring gonna, on spring. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to right. We're ready to chase. But uh, knock on wood that we still get one snow shot here, at least in the Pacific Northwest. I would love to finally get some real snow, snow, get some actual accumulating snow. It'd be nice. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers right. crossed. Well, Bonnie, another great edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.